Welcome to another episode of the B2B Startup Sales Podcast. Today with Natalie Luneva, who helps us uh, startups grow quickly. And today we're going to talk quite a bit about community-led growth. Uh, over to you, Natalie. I think uh, with your many hats at Deposit Fix, uh, Shores with Capital, and Outranking, and also having your own SaaS podcast, you're well equipped to talk a bit more about how you arrived here as well. Hi, everyone. My name is Natalie Luniva. And uh, in addition to growing our own SaaS with my husband, who is also uh, a founder, I'm also a co-founder at another tool called Outranking.ai, which is an SEO tool for content research, writing, and optimization. Um, and I am also a growth and a marketing consultant to SaaS founders. And uh, overall, I help uh, SaaS companies identify and implement high ROI growth opportunities. That makes a ton of sense and like really impressive how you juggle these multiple initiatives. Um, and I think one thing which uh, I was really curious to learn about because we met at a Nathan Lutka's um, session actually is like how to host online summits to grow authority partnerships and revenue. So authority partnerships and revenue are three different fields. Like how do you prioritize that when working with somebody? And how would you recommend people to take the right decision there? So number one, I think like the if we take a step back, what is the purpose of hosting online summits? For me, it was always creating partnership relationships because he, here is how I came to the idea of online summits. I was trying to partner up for one of my uh, companies, for my husband's company, uh, with uh, a few industry leaders, um, and I wanted just to partner up and explore opportunities to collaborate. Unfortunately, people just do not reply, you know, to cold emails. And uh, like overall, I think uh, response rates to cold emails, uh, if done the way that I was doing, is not ideal. Which is like you're trying to get their attention. So what I yep. did is I decided to just change my shift my strategy completely and invite them to be a speaker at the summit that I still didn't have. I, I wasn't <laughs> planning for an online summit, but I thought instead of me uh, going there and asking something of them, how about I'll come there and I'll bring something of value. And obviously all thought leaders want to be speakers at uh, different events. And so almost every single one of, of them agreed to be a speaker. And then as soon as they uh, saw my email, Couple of people before who I emailed doing cold email and asking, hey, would you like to partner up, do some co-promotion? All of a sudden they started to reply and say, yes, absolutely. Sorry, I've so missed your email, previous emails. I was getting them, but like, uh, you know, I missed them now that they got my email inviting them to be a speaker. So overall, it's just been uh, fun seeing how uh, turning a, uh, just a generic cold outreach campaign into something given of value to them, yeah. um, how results can change. And uh, within a really couple of days, when people started getting those emails, they're like, oh, you know what, by the way, I also have that client who yeah. really needs your solution. So <laughs> I'm going to refer you, you them to you. And then another one said, uh, you know what, yeah, I would really want to partner up and I would like you to come and do a, a presentation at my um, event as well. So overall, like I was within a day, I was getting so many emails, replies. And then this was my very first summit. I didn't know what to expect. And I'm like, yeah, I need to do more of that. <laughs> Oh, that's a really that's a really cool story and i think it's it's so true that you need to i think i'm truly convinced that you first need to give what you want to get be it money love relationships like helping other people is one of them not because just to exploit reciprocity but what what it seems like is that once your intent change of just like giving people value they, they truly appreciated and came back with all the value and basically like oh this is not harmful this is not another salesperson putting me in a 12-step sequence and just bombarding me with me like, oh, we have a shared network, which it would be great to connect. And then two seconds later, you receive that. 
I am um, adding value, correct. And uh, yeah. the biggest thing is I'm trying not to Dutch to just add value to them in, in a way of them being a speaker, but then I'm also telling them, you know what, I can connect you with other speakers. Here's all the people who are going to be speakers. And then at the end of every summit, and we're, I'm kind of trying to, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking at a little bit, you know, forward uh, in our conversation, but uh, I also, at the end of the summit, I also invite everyone to a networking session, all the speakers. And so this is a, another chance for all the speakers to connect with each other because everyone wants to connect with other experts in the same industry yeah. to build those relationships, right? Yeah, right. And I know quite a few speakers that go to basically be a speaker just because of the speaker's dinner that happens typically in the morning at, at brunch or like the, the night before with some drinks and dinner and so on. Like, like I, I will still do the keynote like the next day, but the value is actually exchanging things with other CEOs, experts, founders, and so on. Um, when, you, when you talk community-led growth, how do you actually see um, how much that community needs to focus on a niche because in North America, there's the sauce hackers, there's Sauster, there's Nathan Lucas community, there's the Martel's community and so on. Um, in, in Switzerland, like there's pretty much nothing like that, to be honest. And then you have these more global organizations like Revenue Collective. Um, how do you basically think about the ideal customer profile and then niching it down once it attracts all the people outside of that ideal customer profile? So let's not mix up the two ideas, even though they can be, they go hand in hand, mm -hmm. the community-led growth and organizing of the summit. Uh, those are two separate topics, uh, even though they can be going hand in hand. So for community-led growth, the idea is the number one uh, reason why SaaS companies fail is no market need. Yeah. The number one. And so what it means really is that Founders are building their tools because majority of founders probably the developers. And so I see this time and time again, especially in very early stage uh, companies who are just starting out, basically startups, not even companies. Yeah. If the founder is a technical founder, what he or she is trying to do is, okay, I have this idea. I'm going to go ahead and develop it. Instead, you know, they need to think about, I have this idea. Let me verify if people have this problem, if this is actually that people are willing to pay for, if this is going to be profitable, and if I'm going to be able to get it out there to the yeah, market. Exactly. And the, what I said just there, I found interesting, like, yeah, maybe it's just a startup. It's not even a company. Some people say, like, a startup is look is a bunch of people that look for a business model and solve a real world problem and hit product market fit. How do you... How do you define that even like what's a startup what's a company where, where does basically SaaS start like in terms of recurringness in terms of no people involvement some people still refer to uber as a startup at 100 billion plus market cap which i find crazy yeah you know i'm not as much into the definitions i think like if you don't have pain customers like this is not really even a SaaS at this point okay yeah. this is an idea so get a few customers, get a few customers, paying customers should be priority number one, even before developing the product. I, I'm hoping that uh, all of you read a couple of very important books, uh, Lean Startup, and then another one is Four Steps to Epiphany or something like that. This yeah. is an older yeah. book, but basically like uh, the Lean Startup was written as a, you know, uh, as a, another book in the series basically like a little bit later definitely yeah. by another person so definitely take a look at those books they're very important to understand that you should not spend in like six months <laughs> building a product without talking even talking to your people identifying do they even need those 
uh, features because a yeah. lot of times founders think, oh, you know what? I check the competitors if the founder is a little bit smarter because a lot of times founders don't even check the competitors. I check the competitors. They have five features. I'm going to develop seven features or 10 <laughs> features and I'm going to win and everyone's going to come and love my product <laughs> and that is going to be it. I'm going to ruin those competitors. doesn't work like that, right? So yeah. you still need to get people to, with the basic features, get them to buy this is uh, how uh, we uh, one of our first companies that was more or less profitable we've tried uh, with my husband we've tried multiple ideas and all of those ideas failed in the beginning because we were building the product first and then trying to get it the people to buy it which is not yeah. the right way of doing that the first product that worked <laughs> is when my husband actually he was uh, he, he decided to work as a consultant for for another company and so he decided to implement the solution as an integration basically as a consultancy. And so he got a yeah. couple of people. He specifically yeah. was going after people who had the same problem. He solved that problem with the same piece of code uh, to give multiple people. And then this is how the idea of SaaS got born. Yeah, and I think so many very successful SaaS companies come out of an agency or a consultancy because you just solve this, the same problem like 10 times and you talk to real people and that are really happy once you achieve this kind of sales argument and this transformation and just writing like, a, book it's 30 to 50 pages of like 25 biggest sales myths debunked um and billy then they will come is definitely one so everybody listening like there's a reason why world leading companies like salesforce novartis um abn emro and whoever have 20 to 40 people of working percent working in sales still even after decades in business i think what's an interesting one is always customer acquisition costs in, in SaaS and uh, there's product hunt and there's, there's plugins and, and, and so on. And there's also direct sales. But where do you see community-led growth in the role of having content and community on autopilot and not spending like tons of salaries on outbound sales? Um, let's take a little bit of a step uh, back and talk about how to how the communities can actually come to be. So a lot of companies, and, and this is one of the case studies uh, that I've done when uh, was the idea of community growth, community-led growth was just came to be. And that is, it wasn't even community-led growth. It was like, how do we, what do we do with the leads that we have really? So what I decided to do, the company had, the SaaS company had like 2000 uh, leads, basically people who took the trial of the, uh, of their SaaS, who did not convert into paid. And so, and this is all connected to your question. So mm -hmm. they had 2000 leads who trialed the product, who are using the product uh, uh, free version and zero paid customers. And they're like, so what do we do? How, why are they not paying? <laughs> the easiest step that took me literally 10, 10 minutes to put together is send out an email to all of those 2000 people, inviting them to a webinar where we're going to talk about the topic uh, of you know the, the problem that the industry is experiencing. Yes. So that particular product was uh, a marketplace basically for podcasters. And so people wanted to get on the podcasts, but they just didn't know how to do. They didn't know, you know how long it's going to take. They didn't have this fire lit under their butts. Mm -hmm. And so once they came to the webinar, and you'll be surprised, uh, I think like, 50 people showed up, even though it was like very quickly put together. The copy wasn't there. It was just like quick and dirty. 50 people showed up and we got such a great feedback from people. They're like, oh, this is how you do that. Oh, 
I actually need to do that. You know, I, I've been thinking about this for the past three weeks. Today, I'm going to go ahead and do that. There you go. You know, this is your community. You don't, the community doesn't necessarily mean like new people joining your Facebook group or whatever. If yeah. you have people who are trialing your product, you have your community. You just need to know how to go about that. And so all of that can definitely help you with uh, decreasing churn, improving conversion, and many other things. Absolutely. And I think what you would say that it doesn't need to be a huge Facebook, LinkedIn, Eventbrite, uh, whatever kind of hopping event uh, can, can even, I think personally can even be a hackathon internally of a company if that serves the purpose of um, reducing friction in, in basically being aware of some things. Remember the machine learning started where I built up sales before a sales playbook, which is at a company offsite and it's so like hackathon. And I, I talked to the full stack engineers like, hey, could we actually do that? Could we upload an Excel file and it shows you within like five seconds um, how it's co the completeness is and the, like the top three values and so on. Like, yeah, that's very easy. I can build that like today, like up with a beer. I was like, why should I? I was like, why didn't you do it six months ago? Because it's a huge pain point when people receive data and they don't know if it's crap or not. So we built it basically on a weekend and it was the thing like that really increased conversion, not even by going outside, but it was just like this thing which we could really quickly put together. Um, when, I'll give you a couple of more examples, yeah. uh, kind of a couple more case studies, like kind of uh, to get people's ideas spinning about the specifically community-led growth. One of them, again, was done for my product, and uh, we were trying to get into a new industry, and we didn't know how well our product is going to be received in that industry, and we had no idea about that industry. And so what I did is I actually posted in a Facebook group where those people were hanging out specifically for that industry. And I said, hey, I'm organizing a free mastermind where every single week we're going to get onto a quick one hour call. Who wants to join? More than 100 people joined and they were thanking me, uh, commented on the post and they were thanking me that I am you know, creating this channel for them mm -hmm. to be able to connect, which is amazing. So within four calls, four weeks, maybe like three weeks, we identified that this is not the right industry for us because even though I was not selling my product, I was not you know, asking too many questions, I was just hearing and listening and sitting some of the questions and listening to what they were talking about. And I understood that this was not ideal industry for us. Yeah. And so imagine how much time and how much budget was saved by not going and developing those features and then giving it to the industry and saying, hey, now use it. And they're like, we don't need it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this is like... You can, with community led, you can do so much. Um, another example is let's say let's connect community and uh, summits, for example. So one of the idea is you can still host those. You know, if you decide to do community led growth and host weekly sessions, for example, you can then record all of those sessions. You can invite experts to those sessions. Um, you can use those sessions and turn it into blogs. You can do so many things, um, and you can within a couple of months, you can turn the entire thing leading up to the summit. So all of those experts that you invite to be you know, speakers at those mastermind calls, for example, they can be speakers at your summit as well. So yeah. with building your community, you can also build everything that you need to organize a summit. And so basically this is how uh, month by month in the end, I, mar I, I marry both the community-led growth and summits and you're getting a heck of a mix that is very hard to to beat. Yeah, I, I, I'm truly convinced by like, for example, World Economic Forum is still like without competition in its own right. Probably, I mean, it competes for a CEO's attention, but in, in what they do with the combination of community events, it's very hard to beat. For example, let's talk about deposit fix uh, for a second. Uh, sorry, 
Digital copywriting is like start accepting payments with HubSpot forms. Um, and it integrates Stripe and PayPal, and you do this for very specific niches. Um, so basically for nonprofits, events, and course creators. Did three different ideal customer profiles, and you're very specifically tying into payments and HubSpot. It's not about CRM, Salesforce, Pipedrive, uh, and so on, and it's not about doing all things events. How did you arrive um, at the kind of like doing what you do with deposit fix in, in a nutshell? And what importance did the community play in shaping the product to where it is today? Um, so it, it was definitely trial and error. And the list of our ideal industries was not there right away. Uh, and it was edited and changed and new things were added, old things were removed. Uh, the things there is specifically also on top of who we serve, who is our ideal customer. Mm -hmm. There is like you know red access saying this is not our ideal use case, right? So we don't even want people to waste their yeah. time and our time um, to, to do that. So we came, we arrived to that as a trial and error. Uh, the company has been in business what for probably three, four years now. So this is not an immediate thing, but definitely having the community and having someone to talk to uh, your ideal customers, not just someone, is just skyrockets the entire process and something that usually would take you two years, three years, you can basically yeah, do in, in, in three months. So right now for another product, Outranking.io, we actually did a lifetime deal combined with community. And so honestly, within a month, we got so much uh, information on how people use, what they like and stuff like that. This is also a way of jumpstarting everything and like identifying Absolutely. who your ideal industry is, who your ideal customer is, what's their customer profile and stuff like that. So it is, generally speaking, it can take years, but you can, there are ways to speed it up. Yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. And I know like we, we short on time here, but may I ask you a few rapid fire questions before we wrap it up? Sounds good. Uh, cool. I mean, you're, you're in the software as a service world. Uh, so do you prefer $1 of revenue from a new or from an existing customer and why? Existing customer. I am so big on conversion, uh, retention, uh, seeing how we expand revenue from existing customers. So existing customer by far. Sounds great. Uh, churn, prevent churn at all costs rather than hunt a new customer. And if you get a $100,000 uh, bonus, do you want it in cash or stock options? Stock. Great answer, love entrepreneurs. And I don't know how if you ever need to hire salespeople in their own rights, but if you can hire a junior sales rep for 50K or a senior sales rep for 150K, which one do you take and why? Um, depending on the type of the company and the stage of the company, probably. Uh, I am very, always very lean with the people that I'm hiring. And so I'm trying to usually to go like lower if possible, but obviously I'm always cautious if it's like, if someone can do 10 X, uh, but you know, for the price of three X, I would much rather work with someone who is doing 10 X. So I don't have definite answer for that question, but if I see immediate, not immediate, but if I see definite, uh, potential for that 150 K person to increase revenue 10x then i would definitely go for uh, a more expensive one nice May makes a lot of sense and wh where do you learn um, and improve your own sales skills like people podcasts books summits communities in your case maybe like three years ago i started reading everything that i could about sales because i was really bad at this and even though i'm not a salesperson like everyone is actually like partially a salesperson right yeah. so this is a skill that everyone needs to learn and so i was starting reading 
and a lot of times I was also making a lot of mistakes. I remember one call where I was constantly asking so all kinds of questions. And finally, this, this person is asking, like, why are you asking me so many questions? Stop. Like, you know, do you even hear what I'm saying? And so I'm like, okay, so this is like trial and errors. Don't be afraid. Like th those sales skills definitely come handy and you need them. And the only way that you get them is through trial and errors. You cannot learn that by books only. Books are helpful, but you also need to go implement and you kind of feel the being ashamed of stuff that you don't know, but this is how we learn. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Like mo moving from knowing to experiencing to adapting. And what do you wish you would have known when you were 20? Maybe um, don't work as hard, work smarter. Um, I've spent uh, a little bit too long in companies that I needed to uh, to leave sooner just because I was very attached to a couple of companies uh, and I needed to leave sooner because, you know, there's a saying and I, I, I've read a book and I really liked it. Uh, you can leave... You can spend five years at a company, basically, like and count it as one year because you don't learn or anything new. Yes, or you just you repeat can... the same year over and over again. Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. And so this as is what I feel like right? happened in a couple of companies. And then with the, my, you know, career, I learned to uh, to leave a little bit sooner so that I still I don't waste my time basically doing the same thing over and over again. So this is what I would tell myself. Yeah, ten years yeah. ago. Love that one. Um, I think there's even a movie where one person wakes up every morning and the world is the same and it's really annoying. And what's the most interesting trend in B2B sales you see emerging right now? Uh, I want to say, let me say the summits. Um, this is a way of building connections. Summits plus partnerships. Let's. I'm very big on, on partnerships, and the summit came to be as a way of partnerships. So I think creating those partnership relationships is a way of not going one to one to one to one, but yeah. going one to many through partnerships. Yeah. And you know, summit is just one way of doing getting more partnerships. Love that one. Uh, so thanks so much for sharing all these insights. Um, imp really impressive how you host uh, the SaaS podcast. I've uh, co-founded a deposit fix as a SaaS payment solution for HubSpot. Also, outranking IO as an SEO solution for uh, sales founders and entrepreneurs. Any last thing you'd like to pass on to our listeners before we wrap it up? Check out natalieluniva.com. There's a lot of things about what I do. Uh, and check uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Would really love to connect. And I'm hosting multiple summits. If you are an expert in different industries, and this is not just SaaS or SEO, I'm hosting for different companies. And by the way, if uh, you are a SaaS company and you are thinking about hosting an online summit, I am doing this as a service for some SaaS companies. I'm very picky. So if this is something that you'd like to be interested in, I would love to help you uh, do that and just spread more word about uh, easier ways of uh, growing SaaS companies. Love that elevator pitch. Thanks so much. And uh, thanks so much for uh, sharing your insights with us. Absolutely. Cheers.